know if you feel it, but there is just a, a weight in here right now. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's a good weight. It's not the weight you want to throw off. This is actually the weight you want to soak in. <laughs> you just want to stay in this place. I feel like sometimes we can get so caught up. I can, it's like, well, when, when's the message going to come? When he, like, his voice is so much greater than, than anything I have to say. <laughs> I pray that when I speak, that, that I'm speaking the heart of God. But when you hear him speak, oh, <laughs> it is the heart of God. It's the very words of God being spoken directly to you, specifically for you. So I felt like what we just did, I feel like the Lord just wants you to, to wanted you to experience that, not, not just while I was really cool, that this is, this is how we hear the voice of the Father. Sometimes we just need to set ourselves apart from the things of this world. We need, a, we need that quietness. Not because he's not speaking, but, but it's interesting. And I, I'm like, God, why can't you be the loud one? <laughs> and I don't know. His ways are higher than our ways. But he's not. He's very seldom the loud one. He's very often the quietest voice that you'll hear. And, and it takes that stillness of your spirit actually hear his voice and the more the more we hear it the more we're able to to know the difference between his voice and the vo- and other voices and, and it it just it just comes with practice it just comes with like with as you listen it becomes more and more clear it's like you can you begin to tune out all the other voices all the other loud voices and it's, it's amazing if you've ever seen a, a shepherd call to his sheep. You can have other people yell and scream and all these different noises and things going on. And, but when the shepherd calls his sheep, it's like if you've ever seen those videos, their heads perk up. And all of a sudden, they, they all just come running to the shepherd. They know the voice of the shepherd. I believe the Lord is, is teaching us his voice. We need to know it more than ever now. <laughs> and I think often, too, I feel like we, we rely on, on the pastors to be the voice. <laughs> All I'm here to do is exhort you guys, maybe just bring some correction where that needs to be and, and, and sp- speak a little truth, but oh my. Let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Let him teach you day in and day out. Let these times be times of gathering together and lifting each other up, exhorting each other in and, and love and good works and the things that, and encouraging each other in this, in this time. This is what the gatherings are for, but man, that there would be times of gathering in homes and with non-believers and 
sharing the gospel with people, sharing your lives with people, but, but listening and hearing the voice of the shepherd. Let him teach you day in and day out. Don't wait till Sunday morning to, like, to listen. I think, I think that's what we tend to do is we kind of shut off the, that ear. We jump back into the work mode. We get back into the things of this world, and then Sunday comes along, and we're like trying to shut it all down and, and actually hear God one day a week. It'll be much better for all of us if we hear him seven days a week. <laughs> it's interesting. The Lord, I'll just tell you a quick story here. Um, yesterday, uh, I was, <laughs> I had this shirt that I bought in, in China. I don't know if Justin's here. And, uh, there he is. Uh, I went to China with this guy a few times, and, and we went to this store, and I bought this shirt. China doesn't make anything that fits correctly, if you, if you know. <laughs> so it's like big here, but it's so tight in the arms that I feel like I'm going to lose circulation in my arms. And so it makes me look strong. I'm not that strong. But, you know, you wear the shirt, and you're like, hey, look, <laughs> my arms are bulging out of the sleeves because the sleeves were made so tight. <laughs> So I, so I had this shirt on yesterday, which I probably won't be wearing again. Uh, but, but I, uh, we were joking about it afterwards, and 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 then, uh, and Reichen, I hope it's okay if I tell this story. <laughs> um, wasn't going to cry. <laughs> uh, but so what I did, I'm just got to refocus. So I, uh, I had, I had taken the shirt off, and I was like, here, Riken, maybe it'll fit you. You try it on. And um, so Riken, Riken tries it on, and, um, and I started to kind of joke with him because uh, his arms aren't quite as big as mine. He's, he's 12, so give him some credit. Um, but I was like, dang, there's a lot of room in there for you. And, and I started to kind of like banter with him and, and, and joke with him because it was the shirt that I had. I put it on him. And, and this morning, the Lord just convicted me of this like, like I'm putting something, and, and so take this and, and hear what the Lord's saying in this. I just felt like the Lord just revealed something to me that is for the church too. Just sometimes, like, we have something that we're wearing that might be tight on us, and, and we have a greater understanding of things, or we're, we're in a different place in our walk with the Lord. And, and then, like, we'll put it on somebody else, and we'll go, well, why aren't you at the same place I am? Why aren't you, why aren't you like me? How come your arms are so much smaller than mine, and you got so much space in there? And, and it was kind of joking with them, and I had to, I had to go back and just apologize uh, to Riken this morning, you know, and you go, well, that's, it's nothing. It's a little thing, but it isn't nothing. It's, it's actually like there is that thing of, uh, like I almost like belittled him uh, in, in just in, in a shirt that I had that, um, and say, oh, look at your little arms com- compared to the sleeves here. And, and, and I just heard the Lord say, like, we are all, we're all at different places and we can never look at someone else and it's kind of like wearing Saul's armor. It's like, like we all wear our own armor, and we're all at a different place in our journey with the Lord. And so we need to have that compassion 
and, and just that, that love for others that we wouldn't, we wouldn't project something on someone else and go, well, how, how come you're not where I am? Does that make sense? So I just felt like that was a word just for us. This is not even part of the message or way of <laughs> even started the message. Um, that's okay. But yeah, so Lord, I just, let me just pray into this. Father, for all of us, Lord, we are on a journey. And Lord, you call us to be united as one. You call us to be the body of Christ. We're one unit. We're many parts. But Lord, even those, I just see like other denominations, other just other walks that, that where they, maybe they don't have an understanding in an area that we do. And, and often we can belittle others and go, ah, I can't believe they don't, they don't, have, they don't understand that. Their arms aren't as, as big as mine. And Lord, I, I just pray for that spirit of humility to come over us. Lord, there's nothing we can do outside of you. We're nothing outside of you. We may be in a different place of our spiritual understanding, and, or we may think we're at a better place in our spiritual understanding. Lord, may you humble us, each one of us. Lord, that we would walk in, our way, in your ways, but also to encourage others, to strengthen others. Lord, that, that, that just like what I did yesterday to Riken, we wouldn't do those things to the body of Christ. We wouldn't say, well, they're this denomination. They don't understand that, or they're this, or, man, they're just, they're not at the place we are. But, Lord, that, that we would actually encourage them in the very things of the Lord, strengthen them in the very things of the Lord, come together as the body of Christ with Jesus as the head. He's the head. There is no other head. There's no other one. We are not the head. Sometimes we think we're a head. <laughs> we're not. We're just part of the body. And we need each other. We need every part, regardless of where they are in life, what walks they're in, and, and maybe they're struggling in different areas. That we wouldn't discount or disregard or or set apart those from the body and say, well, they're, they're not at the place I am. I need, to, I need to be up here. That No, no, we actually, we're in this race together. We're coming alongside each other. We're one in spirit. So, Lord, I pray for a unity of spirit. I pray for that spirit of humility. And I pray for your grace to come upon us. We live and move, have our being through you, not by ourselves, not by our own thoughts, but by your thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, we needed to do the offering, didn't we? <laughs> Lord, would you bless the offering? <laughs> Lord, I thank you for every person here and I thank you for the hearts and the generosity. And Lord, again, we can't take any of it with us. It's, it is going to burn. But we can use it for your kingdom. So Lord, I pray for, for just the, the generosity that it would flow, not just, 
not just in tithes and offerings here, but in every area of our life, Lord, may we, may we be a living offering, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray your blessing over every person here. Lord, that you would pour out your love, your goodness, your grace. Lord, that finances would flow in and through us as we use these finances for the kingdom, as we steward the very things you give us well. So teach us how to steward all that you give us, even our lives. Teach us how to steward our lives well. In Jesus' name, amen. We're good. We have, I don't know if they, did you guys put that slide up? Yes, no? There's a, oh, there it is. There is the slide. If you want to use, that's to give online. We do have buckets up front and in the back. And uh, so just at the end of the service or whenever you can, um, you can give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give about a, I'm not going to set a time. I'm going to give a very short just word of just something I believe the Lord has. And so um, you can just stay up there if you want. <laughs> Marcus is awesome. Can you guys give our worship team a hand? I, I, I love a team that is so in tune with what the Spirit is doing and where the Spirit's going. And uh, Man, we are so blessed to have Marcus and the, and the entire worship team. They're just, their hearts are so set upon the Lord. He's good. Um. Let me just say a few things, and, and then the intent of this service here is that we're going we're gonna to go out, we're going to uh, get to preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, uh, do all the things that we talk about in church. Uh, no time like the present to do this, right? So, Lord, help me with my nine pages of notes here that... Let me release this. Um, this, is in a, this is actually in a book by Rick Joyner. Uh, it's called The Harvest, and he wrote it in 1989, uh, reproduced it in 1993. And uh, there's a part in here that I just believe is, is for us right now. And so I want you to hear these words. Uh, and it's, it's in preparation for what the season that we're moving into, that this is a time like no other. Uh, and we need to be prepared for persecution. We need to be prepared for greater suffering. And, and you go, well, this, this is a great message now. We should have stopped. <laughs> but hear me out. Because the thing is, is we get so caught up with a mindset of this world that, that I, <laughs> I'm going to say some things that might actually shake you up a bit. Uh, but a lot of times I think we think that God has a great plan for our lives on this earth. His version of great, and he does have a great plan for our lives on this earth, but his version of great, I can tell you, is nothing like ours. And, and so if we get caught up with our version of great, and, and there's so many messages that have been preached and so many things that have been preached about how God wants to just bless us and he's there for us and he takes care of us on this earth. 
and he does, but not the way that we think. Because he doesn't look at eternity as 80 years on this earth. He has a different mindset. He has a different purpose. And, and though we think that these 80 years, this is every 80, I say 80. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who are over 80. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Let me say it this way. 100 years. Let's go with 100 years. <laughs> I know a lot of people in their 80s, and I'm like, well, that's horrible. Um, and they're vibrant people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I hope to live past 80. Uh, so let's go with 100. So the Lord looks at the 100 years, he's, and, and we think that that's his focus, that this is like, like oh, man, I just want to make sure they're good for that 100 years. Honestly, it, it matters a little to him in that sense. What matters is that he gets the glory in it with our lives. And that's, that's what actually should matter with us. Not so much that, 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 uh, that we live good, comfortable lives, have a nice 401k, uh, have, have all the blessings of life and go, well, God, thank you for letting me live comfortably. We're never meant to live comfortable lives on this earth. And if you are living a comfortable life on this earth, I want to challenge you to actually seek the Lord in this and see if you're actually in his ways and in his plan. Because if you're not suffering, if there's not trials and tribulations in your life, then you're not actually going after the kingdom. And those aren't my words. So don't, don't put that on me. Those are his words. Let me read this. Not, not Rick's. Those are, those are God's words. <laughs> uh, he says this, there will be a worldwide house, home groups, and Christian community movements that will help prepare the saints for both persecution and the harvest. The lessons learned from many of the failed movements of the past will be understood by the new movement and used to avoid many such pitfalls. Many Christians read the book of Acts and long for the same kind of church life. Some have allowed idealism to move them and try to duplicate it. But this kind of church life can only be duplicated if, if it is initiated the same way that it was in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem church experienced a wonderful community, not because of community. That was not the emphasis. Their attention was on the Lord. And let me put it this way. It was the Holy Spirit. In Acts, this is when the Spirit fell, and this is when things begin to move. And the focus is the Holy Spirit. It's the Lord who was moving so powerfully among them. And I want to say, a lot of times we look at Acts and we go, well, that's the model. That's the thing. God never intended us to look at models. He intended us to look at his Son. He intended us to follow the Spirit. And, and there are even greater things that he's going to do with his church today than what he did with the early church in Acts. Not when we start to bring back the model of the Acts church, but when we actually seek the one that he sent. When we put our eyes on him and allow his Holy Spirit to move in and through his church, we are going to see the church come alive like never before.
but it requires that we actually allow the idols of church to be removed. And let me say, there are a lot of idols in the church. I might call them out, but I won't. You, you figure it out. There are a lot of idols in the church. Here's what he goes on to say. So now skipping down a little bit in the, in the, in the book, but he says, as the intensity of the next move of God picks up, Christian communities will be birthed with people hardly realizing it. The focus will not be on community life, but, but doing all things for the sake of the gospel. That's a key word right there. Doing all things for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom. The community will just be a means of becoming more efficient in the labors of the harvest. Life in the communities will be both more wonderful and more difficult than expected. But even more importantly, they will serve God's purposes. We have been told that we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. That's Acts 14, 22. In his will, tribulations are not obstacles. What they are, and I'm going to actually change the wording on this, is it's the narrow path leading to his kingdom. The obstacles are the very path that he has us on. And sometimes we're, we're trying to get around obstacles, over obstacles. We're trying to get it moved out of the way. And, and the Lord's like, no, I'm actually, that's the very thing that I'm going to get the glory in as you move through that, as you deal with those things. As you're, the key is, is as you're in the will of God. Now, if you're, if you're going your own way and you're hitting obstacles, good luck. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. We're not talking about that kind of obstacle. Um, we need to seek him first. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. But realize that in that, it's not a, it's not a smooth road. It's not this big wide road that we get to go on and go, wow, this is great. Life is good. It's comfortable because I'm seeking the Lord. No, it's actually just the opposite. But he's more concerned about your eternal position than your earthly position. Goes on to say this, we are entering days when everyone will have tribulation. Those who count it joy will have great joy and a peace that will cause the world that will cause a world in turmoil to marvel and to seek after God. This is God getting the glory, right? And then there's this other part. Just catch this. It says, large congregations will begin making home meetings the center of church life. Even without knowing it, most of these are being prepared for the time when all large meetings will be banned or will become targets of violence or persecution. And I'll just end there, but it's interesting. If you would have even a a year ago said, well, there's, you could say, there's no way you would ever experience any type of banning of large gatherings or churches or of, of worship or, I mean, you'd say there's no way. And here we are just a year later and, uh, and it's already in areas where they're trying to ban worship and gatherings and, and, uh, you know, and they have their reasons, but regardless, it's <laughs> uh, it, what we're seeing is the beginning of, of something that's, that's beginning to shift in this nation.
And, uh, and I think if we, if we just kind of stick our head in the sand, um, you know, we're like, oh, it'll all come back to normal. I, I, I don't think it'll ever go back to normal, as we can call normal, normal. But here's the thing. It's not to be fearful in it. We're actually, there's the Lord, we're preparing the way of the Lord in this time. And as we set our eyes on Him, He's going to lead us and guide us. And this is when we actually we see the church raise up, rise, rise up. We see the church become alive. I feel like the church has been dead. The church has been asleep. We've just kind of got caught up in, the, in, the, in, the, in doing church life. And uh, we're never meant to do church life. We're meant to do kingdom life. We're meant to go after the kingdom. We're meant to preach the gospel. We're meant to do the very things that we're going to do today. The title of the, of the message was actually Victory in Surrender, uh, which, go figure, because you don't usually have victory in surrender, right? Uh, but I want you just to hear a few verses. I'm going to end here just in a minute. Uh, Romans 8, 16 says this. It says, The Spirit himself testifies with that we are God's sons, his children. Now, if we're his children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Then he says something. This is Paul. He goes, and I consider that our present sufferings, they're not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. There's, this is that shift in mindset. It's not about the things of this world. It's not about the pleasures of this world. Those are actually the things that choke out the fruitfulness of life. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says something very similar. It says, for our light and our momentary troubles. And let me tell you, Paul, if you know Paul's life, what we would call light and momentary and what he calls light and momentary, big difference. <laughs> this guy was shipwrecked. He was naked. He was uh, out at sea for days. He was beaten. He's been, uh, he was stoned and, and not with, with drugs. It was the other stoning. <laughs> he went through hell time and time again, and, and he calls it light and momentary troubles. And he says that those very things, the very things that you're going through, the very struggles that you're going through, those are the things that are achieving, or in another translation, working out for us in our favor, the very things that are for our eternal glory, that far outweigh them all, far outweighs all the stuff that we're going to go through on this earth, all the trials, the tribulations, the suffering, the things of this earth. Now, let me just again clarify. If you're not in the will of God, if you're kind of out doing your own thing, you jump off a cliff and you go, well, I'm suffering for Jesus. No, you're not. You're being an idiot. You're, you're jumping off a cliff. Like, that's not, that doesn't bring glory to God. So there is a, there is a big difference. And I want to say, too, uh, I, I, I was just praying through this because a lot of times I think people think, well, like the... The, uh, the sicknesses that we have in life, maybe that's part of, of my suffering. I, 
And I, want, I don't want to make a hard statement in this because I've actually, there's places in Scripture where it talks about, uh, in John 9, where there's actually says, um, for this very reason, uh, this man was blind from birth and uh, for the glory of God. But, but I don't, other than very few places, like, you don't see, um, well, now I'm like, <laughs> maybe there's another place or two. Uh, for the most part, I, I, <laughs> so I don't want to make a hard statement, but I don't think we sit here and go, well, I'm just going to take on this sickness. I think a lot of times that can be from the enemy, and he's just, um, but, but when you're persecuted by others for the very things of the kingdom, when you're pressing into those things, that's for the glory of God. And so a lot of times in those trials, in those things that we go through, don't try to get out of it. Actually allow God to use it for his glory. John 16, says this. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Now, we look at peace as like kind of rest in the earth, everything's great. He's not talking about that type of peace. He's actually talking about a vertical peace. He's saying, I desire that you have peace with God. You do not want to not have peace with God. Jesus is the only one that brings peace with God. But then he goes on to say, so that you would have that peace. But then he says, but in the world, you're going to have tribulations, which means that you're not going to have peace this way. He actually said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring the sword. There's, there's always this like, wait a minute, but you said that you brought peace, but wait, now you're bringing the sword and not peace? Uh, and it can be a little confusing, but the peace that he brings is a vertical peace, not peace in this world that we would have peace. It's actually just the opposite. He, it's, it's brother against, it's, it's when you actually go after the things of the kingdom, you actually go into direct conflict with the things of this world. You clash with the very kingdom of this world. So there is not going to be peace on this world. That's where the trials and the tribulations and the trouble comes in. But then he says this, and this is where his kingdom is greater than the kingdom of this world. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He, we are overcomers, but overcomer doesn't mean that you live, live the comfortable life on this earth. It actually means that you overcome this world. You go beyond this world. There's an eternal perspective that we carry and we hold on to. Uh, Just a few more verses here. The, in Acts 20, 22, this is Paul. Hear this. This is, this is what Paul is saying. And, and this is like, he says this. And now, compelled by the Spirit, so listening to the very Spirit, the words of God, what he's calling him to do, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. <laughs> you know, when we, when we go, Lord, I'm asking you for your leading in your direction, I can pretty much tell you in my life as well that what we're expecting is God to bring us into that comfortable place. Lord, show, us, show me where we're supposed to go next. And then here's what happens is when we get there and all hell breaks loose, we go, oh, we must not have heard from the Lord. Because <laughs> it can't be difficult. 
when it's actually the very thing that he's called you into. When we, I can tell you, when we went to Houston and uh, the Lord called us to go down there, um, we got down there and I was like, wow, this is not easy. This is hard. But we knew the Lord had brought us down there. And looking back, it was the very thing that we were called to go to to prepare us for the next season. We had to go there. If we had not gone there, we would not be prepared for where we are today. And I even then coming back, I go, well, Lord, if, if you're going to bring us back to Colorado and I'm going to be part of the church and lay down all the business stuff, then you're going to make it great, right? You're going to make it so comfortable. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Just the opposite. No, it's hell. <laughs> it was like, Hitting from the left, hitting from the right, hit from behind, hit from right. I mean, it was like punches coming from everywhere. It, but here's the thing. We're not meant to be comfortable. And, and I know that the Lord had called us back. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know, and I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care how hard it gets. Well, maybe a little bit, <laughs> just to be real. Lord, don't make it too hard. But, but... <laughs> But it's okay. It's don't have the expectation that when you're in the will of God, things are going to be smooth. I would almost have just the opposite. If, if you are in, in, if things are smooth, then go, I would question, are you in the will of God? He says this in Acts 21, the next chapter. He says, as Paul was going to Jerusalem, so now he's heading to Jerusalem, uh, it was believed... Uh, that he may die. And so many, all the people around him were like, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't do it. And this, I think, a lot of times people, even like when we hear the word of the Lord, people are like, in fear, they're going to say, oh, no, no, don't do it. No, I'm hearing the Lord say, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> and they'll use the Lord. You have to hear the voice of the shepherd. You have to know what you're called into. And here's the thing I would say, too, is a lot of times people come up and they'll ask me, like, hey, will you pray? I need to know what direction I'm supposed to go. And I always go, uh-uh, no, no, no. Because then when things get difficult, you're going to go, well, you told me that I was supposed to go this way. No, you have to hear it directly from the Lord. When you move, you need to know that you know that you know that the Lord has called you that direction. And so when all hell breaks loose, when you get into trials and tribulations, you don't question and go, ah, I must have gone the wrong direction. No, you go, ha, I'm right where the Lord has me, and he is establishing my ways right now. He's strengthening me probably for the next season. Get ready for more trials and more tribulations. It, it's like going from glory to glory. It's, it's <laughs> not always the glory that we think. Jesus was glorified in his death. Sometimes our glory is actually in our death. John 12. I'm going to do this scripture. I want to share one thing. We're going to probably go, anyway, just have, bear with me here. I hope, this is, I hope this is hitting home right now. In John 12, 23 through 28 says this, Jesus replied, he goes, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
just stop right there and let that sink in. And he says this, anyone who loves their life will lose it. Not may. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world, big difference from like understand that there's an eternal life that we have and that's the life that we love. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope of our salvation that, that we can actually walk in joy. That's the thing that gives us strength to get through every day. But it is not the things of this world that we love. We actually hate the things of this world because those are the very things that anchor us down in this world. Those are the very things that keep us from walking into the kingdom, from doing the kingdom things that we're called to do, from doing the very things that we were created for. The anchors that slow us down and stop us are the very things that we hold on to that we love of this world. Whoever serves me must follow me. And wherever I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And then he says this. Now my soul is troubled. This is Jesus. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. (laughs) It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This is the mindset of Christ that we're to have. That we would say, when things are difficult, when things are tough, Lord, save me from this hour? No. No, no, no. It's for this very hour that I came. Lord, glorify your name in this very hour. I just want you to see, so we have Jesus, the very Son of God, and you go, God sent his Son with one main purpose to die. If he sent him to die, is there a chance possibly that we're on this earth for something greater than just to live our lives of comfort? Could it be possibly to die? That we would lay our lives down? That that's the ultimate place of love? you may actually be on this earth to die. Not a long life where you live till you're 100. You may actually not live to be 100. And and that may be the very purpose that God has in your life. Now, I don't believe that that's from like some sickness or things, but, but I do believe this is that, like, as we go over into other countries and as wherever we go, that we don't have the sting. There's no, death has no sting in our life. We go just as Paul went to share the gospel. And here's the thing. As we go out today, I go, man, the, the chances of death, slim. <laughs> chances of sharing the gospel, great. We have the opportunity to go out without death at our front door and to share the gospel. The trials and the tribulations right now, minimal. Will they always be like this? I doubt it. Let's make the most of every opportunity. Let's take advantage of things now, realizing that things may not always be the same. 
we have the greatest opportunity in this nation right now to share the love of Jesus with so many people without fear of death. You look at all of the disciples of Jesus, and you would go, well, man, Jesus went to the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for those very 11, uh, and then 12 when Matthias came in. But um, you would think that they would have lived a great life on this earth, right? Wouldn't they? I mean, God would go, well, those were the guys that went alongside you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a good life. Every single one of them died a martyr death except for John. And I'd rather actually not be John because he was boiled in oil. I'm like, just kill me. <laughs> Don't boil me in oil. <laughs> I would rather die. <laughs> all the other disciples, they all died martyr deaths. Peter, he was crucified. And Peter said, I, I don't want to be crucified the same way as Jesus because, man, I am not worthy of that. Crucify me upside down. Others were beheaded. Others were brutally stabbed. But every one of them was martyred for the kingdom except for John. And he went through pretty hard times. If we think that we're supposed to live comfortable lives on this earth, if we think that God has actually set us up to, to live without trials, without struggles, man, I think we got another thing coming. But guess what? This is for the glory of God that we actually get to give of our lives, surrender our lives for the very victory, for the very salvation that we have for eternity. And if we can shift that mindset, I believe this is where the church becomes alive. And we will be used in mighty ways. We will see his power like never before. We will see his glory come. But it will be difficult as well. And that's okay. We got to get over ourselves. Let me tell you a quick story. You guys know of uh, Jim Elliott. He went to Ecuador at a young age. And, um, and he, he, this was his quote a few years before he went out there. He said, he is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. A year before he wrote that, he wrote this in his journal. He said, God, I pray thee, light these sticks of my life, and may I burn for you. Consume my life, my God, for it is yours. I seek not a long life, but a full one. Like you, Lord Jesus. I was in 1948. Eight years later, he was on the, the beaches uh, of the, uh, how do you say it? Akia? Uh, Aka, the Aka Indians, um, and was brutally killed. The, these Aka Indians came and they were there to preach the gospel. Uh, these, 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 this tribe had never heard of Jesus before. They, they didn't have any understanding of it, and they flew in in a plane, and, and it was like January 6th, and, uh, and they were all killed on the beach as they were there to preach the gospel, every one of them. Five guys, I think, there it is. Uh, but here's, here's the amazing part of this story. After his death, Elizabeth, his wife, 
and uh, many of the other the wives of the other ones they they stayed that you know you'd think well they would this would be they're going to go back after this right all their husbands have died but they they stayed there and there was a uh, one of the Indian, one of the tribes people had run away from her home and, and she, she ended up living with them for two years and she taught them the language. Two and a half years after the death of Jim Elliot and the other four men that, that were brutally massacred, they, uh, they went in and they began to live with the tribe. How crazy is this that the very people that murdered her husband, she went to that tribe after learning the language for the next two and a half years with a one-year-old daughter who at, this, at that point then was three years old, took her three-year-old daughter to go live with the very people that killed her husband and, and this little girl's father and to share the love of Jesus with them. It was said that, that her forgiveness and acceptance of the tribe are what actually led them to accept Jesus Christ. She taught them to forgive fearlessly and love tremendously. It says, which forever transformed their way of life. One of the first men to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior was a, a, a man named uh, Minkai, and he was the man that actually speared Nate Saint and Ed McCulley, two of the other men. He was, the, he was one of the very first men to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And now in that village, I believe it's over 20% of the village is, is seeking the Lord, is going after the Lord, and uh, it has made a tremendous difference in that village. But I want, to hear, I want you to hear these, these words. This is Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot, she wrote this letter to her parents. Four days after the death of her husband, but not knowing yet what, what, if her husband was dead or alive. She said this to her mom and her dad. She wrote, I want you to know that your prayers are being answered moment by moment as regards me. I am ever so conscious of the everlasting arms. As yet, we know only that two bodies have been sighted from the air, but not identified. Jim was confident, as was I, of God's leading. There are no regrets. Nothing was more burning in his heart than that Christ would be named among the Akas. By life or death, oh, may God get glory to himself. Pray that whatever the outcome, I may learn the lessons needful. I want to serve the Lord in the future, so pray for his continued grace and guidance. I have no idea what I will do if Jim is dead. <laughs> but the Lord knows, and I am at rest. We hope for final word tomorrow. And trust our loving Father who never wastes anything. All my love, Betty. Can you guys stand?
my prayer for all of us today is that as, as our mindset shifts from an understanding of, of us and the things of this world and, and how do we get comfortable and to a mindset of, no, I, I'm not here for me. I'm actually here to give of my life for the glory of God. That, that we can live lives that are difficult on this earth with God getting all the glory. So, Lord, I pray right now that as, as we go from this place, Lord, as, as we go and as we, as we get an opportunity, Lord, to, to minister to people that have no idea of your goodness, that have never experienced your grace, have never experienced your, your love, that are not in peace right now, that are in turmoil, and, and there's, there's no hope. Lord, there's only one hope, and that's you, Jesus. You're the way, you're the truth, you're the life. You're the gate that we go through, and you're the path that we follow after with our eyes on you. There is no other path, and it's not an easy path. Life on this earth was never meant to be easy. So, Lord, let us get over ourselves and focus on you. Lord, as we go out, that we wouldn't be worried about whether somebody re responds well or not, but that we would actually just carry the love of Jesus in our hearts, willing to actually die for the very thing that we were created for. Lord, set that in our hearts today. From this day forward, Lord, may we hear your voice clearly. May we walk in your ways. And may you get the glory in every trial and tribulation and struggle that we go through. That we realize that we are here for such a time as this to accomplish the very things that you call us to accomplish, regardless of our own lives. Lord, that we would be willing to give of our lives for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the kingdom. So I pray this in your precious and holy name, in Jesus' name, and everyone said Amen. God bless you guys.